Hello and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to share it with all of your friends. This episode of Sports Takes with Trey and TK, it's all about the LSU Tigers, the national champions, 15-0. and 0. We'll recap the season. We'll recap the win over Clemson. We'll talk about Coach Orgeron. And most importantly, we'll talk about what's next for LSU football. Recruiting, recruiting. Great conversation coming up with Trey Blossman and TK. The only topic we're going to handle today on Sports Takes is LSU football. Please connect with me on social media. That way you'll always have this podcast and all the others that we do. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you like to wager on sports, you want to bet the NFL Conference Championship Games, College Hoops, NBA, Check out a website out of Las Vegas called meatandpotatoes.com. Website based in Las Vegas, meatandpotatoes.com. You can get some winners. Interesting concept. Small player, big player, it doesn't matter. Just check out meatandpotatoes.com out of Las Vegas. We're going to hear a quick message. We're going to come back. We're going to be joined by Mr. Trey Blossman. It's Sports Takes with Trey and TK right here, a part of Talking Sports with TK. Stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TK, I am Tommy Chrysan. We remind you to share this podcast with all of your friends. Trey Blossman and I have moved from the radio world to the podcast world, like just about everybody else that does this has done. But today's uh, Sports Takes is going to be all about LSU football. We're going to recap the game, the season. We're going to talk about Coach O. We're going to talk about Joe Burrow and what's next for LSU football. We say hello to Trey Blossman. Trey, how are you today? Tommy, like most LSU fans, I'm still flying pretty high after the big win on Monday night. It was a great game. It was a great setting. We had our president there. It was just a wonderful night for NCAA football and a really, really great night for LSU Tiger fans. Yeah, it really was. And I watched the game with with a bunch of friends and a bunch of people in one of my favorite watering holes. And it's one of the few times in my life that you were glued to every snap. You know, even in other tight games, you walk in the other room or you check the email or, or something. But, I mean, I, I didn't miss a, a tenth of a second all four hours plus that they took to play the game. And, and, and what a night in New Orleans. What a night in the Superdome. What a night for the entire LSU world, the university, the fans, anybody that ever graduated from LSU or, and or played sports. And LSU's got fans all over the world. I, I know that to be a fact. So but what a special thing, a special season that they put the exclamation point on this past Monday night, uh, beating Clemson by 17 points. Well, Tommy, it, it was a special season, win or lose Monday night. And I tried to talk about that in a previous podcast that I really hope that LSU fans would not lose sight 
of that. And I know how LSU fans are. I've been one my whole life. I'm over 60 years old. I sometimes am disappointed in some Tiger fans at the way they react and the way they think. Luckily, we didn't have to deal with that. But win or lose, it was a very special season. And much like the New Orleans Saints have become somewhat America's team, I think LSU has also. Coach O is an eminently likable human being, if you can understand what he says. (laughs) And I understand some people can't. But, I mean, what a great story he is and what a great man he is and what a fantastic job he's done for LSU. The flip side of that is Joe Burrow, another great story. Uh, You couldn't script a better storyline than a guy from Ohio who goes to his state university, doesn't get to play in time he's looking for, passed over for a younger quarterback moving forward, decides to transfer, enters the portal, chooses LSU, a team that had shown no indication that they could showcase him as a major talent. But he and Coach O, they they had some chemistry there. They later developed that chemistry into magic with the addition of Coach Joe Brady to really modernize the offensive attack, which is something LSU fans have wanted since the latter years of Les Miles, which Les Miles said he would bring to us, but never did. Uh, it's a great time to be a Tiger fan. I, I mean, it's a, it's it's not a Cinderella story this year because we didn't come out of nowhere. Uh, the odds on LSU to win the national championship went down from last February. They went down after spring the spring football. They went down after summer camp, as did the odds for Joe Burrow to win the Heisman. I remember Joe telling everybody, and the reason, part of the reason that you predicted correctly in August that LSU would go 12-0, and and I suggested that it would be a very good bet to bet Burrow to win the Heisman, is because of Joe Burrow telling everybody, we're going to score 40, 50, 60 points a game. I believed him. I bought into that. You did too. He produced. It wasn't just talk, and it was a lot of fun to watch, Tommy. You know, I really like your comment about it kind of became America's team. Because I'll say this with all due respect. Nationally, people got tired of Alabama. Right. Okay. Now, and look, I think he's the greatest coach to ever coach this game at this level. And, you know, we can go on and on about that. But I think the story you mentioned about Burrow, the story about Coach O, other stories that occurred, you know, because LSU has got tremendously rich football history and tradition. Okay, you know, and they have one. They did win two titles, uh, you know, oh three, oh seven, and played for another one in, in 2011. So I think that you're right. America kind of embraced this, and and with all due respect to Clemson, I mean, Clemson's odds on favorite to to win the national championship next year. The ACC's garbage, so they're going to be back in the playoff unless something goofy happens. And I got a ton of respect for Dabo Swinney, not just the way he handles his football program, but the way he teaches young guys to be good husbands and good fathers and good people in society. Uh, I, I really come to like Davo Sweeney in the last five, six, seven years. The more I read about him, the, you know, the more I like him. And if I had a kid that wanted to play football at Clemson, I'd drive him to the campus. But, uh, but back to what we're saying, I, I think America did kind of embrace LSU, this story. And, and I think having the game in New Orleans even boosted 
the whole LSU Louisiana thing even more. It, it was special in a lot of ways. I mean, we don't need to rehash all the stats and the numbers uh, and whatnot, but uh, a special time. And as many people have said, dear LSU fans, enjoy this because you probably won't see 15 and 0 again, 60 touchdown passes. Uh, all 11 starters going to get – offensive starters going to get into an NFL camp. All 11 defensive starters will probably get into a camp at some point. Enjoy it. But uh, it, it, it was a heck of a ride, and uh, it's really cool to see it and be a part of it. Uh, you know, having you and I both been natives of Louisiana and been here all our lives, I mean, it, it's pretty damn cool. Absolutely, Tommy. It's very cool. And, you know, you've heard a lot of discussion about whether this is the best college football team ever. You know, that's a debate that could rage on forever. I think there's arguments to be made for this team and some other teams. Certainly the 2001 Miami team was very good. The 93-94 Nebraska teams that won back-to-back were very good. There have been some good football teams. I think if you line them up and play, I don't think anybody could beat this LSU team on a regular basis. One game is one game. Anything can happen. But in a series of best of seven games or what have you, and I know they don't do that in football, but if you did, I don't know that any team ever could beat this LSU team because this LSU team has an offense that is historic. It it truly is. And as we've talked on other podcast episodes, the LSU defense finally got healthy in the last four or five games of the season and showed that, hey, they're a pretty good bunch as well. A lot of talent on that side of the ball. Somebody we hadn't mentioned yet, Grant Delpit. Okay. He comes to LSU from Texas, but he's a Katrina kid. He's a kid who left Louisiana for Katrina and went played high school in Texas. We're seeing the last of those right now, Tommy. Uh, I mean, simple mathematics tells you there's not going to be a lot of any more kids come along that left New Orleans as a child for Katrina because it's now been uh, a long time. It's been 14, 15 years since the storm. But that's a whole nother story of some of the Katrina kids that have come back to play football for LSU, even though they wound up in Texas or Georgia playing high school ball. I think the mere fact that you include this LSU football team in the discussion, debate, argument about greatest team of all time is enough for LSU fans. Okay, I think it's the best football team ever, and I'll say because of the fact that they beat seven teams in the top ten, and only two of those seven wins were in Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. It was neutral side or road games for the rest of them. So I don't know that that will ever be done again. It's never been done before, and I don't know that it will ever be done again. I mean, I don't think anybody will hit 406 like Ted Williams did ever again, but you never know. But the, the fact that they're in that conversation speaks volumes, and uh, it, it's one heck of a football team. Trey, let's talk about the game against Clemson on Monday night, the national championship game. LSU trailed at one point by 10 points. It's the only time they trailed by 10 points all season long. Clemson was very good. As I watched Clemson go to a 17-7 lead, in my little brain, I'm thinking, this team's even better than I thought. However, I think over four quarters, LSU will separate, which is what we said in the podcast preview in the game. LSU was the better football team. 
It showed over four quarters. You got to play four quarters. Uh, but Clemson was very good. Clemson won the field position battle early in the game, and that's why LSU started a little slow. It's tough to go drive against a good team when you start inside your 10-yard line. If you're playing Vanderbilt, you're going to get a touchdown. If you're playing somebody the quality of Clemson, you start inside your 10-yard line three straight times. It's not going to be a good story in all likelihood. But I thought LSU was the better team. They got it done. Of course, Joe Burrow. You know, all these guys, everybody did something for for this team. The guys on the benches doing stuff. I mean, it was just a, a marvelous doubt. And I think when you got into the second half, uh, you know, Joe, Joe uh, Burrow lit his cigar after the game. But I think a lot of people lit some cigars near the end of the third quarter because you had that feeling, you had that sense. LSU was going to prove that they were the better team and win that game. Well, Tommy, Clemson punched LSU in the mouth early on a couple of times, you know, bam, bam, bam. We were lucky we were only down 17 to 7 at one point. Those early drives starting inside the 10 at the 6 and I think the 4-yard line uh, and negative plays from there. I remember uh, Clyde getting stuffed in the backfield on first and 10 from the 4, tackled at the 2, second and 12 at the 2. And Clemson was incredibly aggressive on defense. I mean, they were flying all over the place. It looked bad. And I, too, thought to myself, Clemson's better than I thought they were. I kept thinking, we'll make adjustments. We've got good coaches. Ensminger and Brady are going to figure out what they are going to give us, and we'll start taking it. That's exactly what happened. But when we got the first touchdown to tie the game at seven, that was a real emotional and mental relief for me. Then we fell down 17-7 and got the subsequent touchdown to make it 17-14. Again, more relief. We talked on the podcast last week that LSU had trailed only five times all season, and each time they scored a touchdown the next time they got the ball to retake the lead. Well, when we were down 17-7, it took more than a score to take the lead, but you got to get that first score to get back in the game. When it was 17-14, to 14, I thought to myself, again, we're kind of lucky to be in this spot, but we're in the game now. It, it, the game is on, and as it played out, LSU did make the adjustments that needed to be made. They made the big plays that we've come to expect all season long and looked like the explosive offense that – we thought we had, but all props to Clemson. They came out and played ball. That's a good football team. They could wind up being down 28-17 at the half. LSU gets the ball. My thought was LSU takes it down. We go up 35-17, and it's a romp. Well, what happened was a three and out and a subsequent Clemson touchdown and two-point conversion, and we're in a 28-25 game. Here we go again. LSU answers and eventually pulls away, and Clemson doesn't score again. Uh, I, my predicted score for the game was 45-24. to 24. Had LSU not missed a field goal and Clemson not gone for two-point conversion and made it, I had to score dead on. So the game played out like I thought it would, but I'll tell you that I didn't think it was going to play out like I thought it would early on. Clemson played well enough to cause me to question if LSU was as good as I thought they were. LSU came out and answered that question with a resounding 
Hell yes. Well, you know, my score prediction was 50 to 33, so I was a tad high on both numbers. However, my gap of 17 points was, was right on. So, right on. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Pretty so, good. So, yeah, you know, that's the way that goes. Trey, let's talk about Coach Ed Orgeron. You know, it's been well documented, and I pointed out his pedigree from uh, coaching at Miami with people like Jimmy Johnson and Derek, uh, Dennis Erickson, Pete Carroll. I mean, the people he's been around, and I've left out a lot. You know, coached with the Saints for a year, had, had failed at, at Ole Miss. You know, and Michael Jordan said he succeeded because he failed. Well, Ed Orgeron succeeded because he failed. And he, he knew when he looked in the mirror when he left Ole Miss that, you know, if he ever got another shot, he'd have to do some things differently. So he learned from the failure. Jerry DiNardo told me he, he learned from the failures he had at LSU you know, when you think you know everything and you can do everything and you can't. Uh, so I, I just think I'm as happy for Coach Orgeron as I am for the rest of the, the story, the rest of the picture, the fans, the media, the, whatever you want to say. Because when he got hired, my comments were this. I said I felt he deserved a chance. And I said if he does not succeed, it will not be because he doesn't bust his ass 24-7 to make it work. Okay, and he has busted his ass 24-7 to make it work, and that's one reason he has reached the point. And, and I go back to, you know, he signed to play football at LSU. He was in the same class with our dear friend Alan Richard. When Ed Orgeron came on the staff, I remember talking to Alan. He said he didn't remember him being out there. Of course, Ed was a defensive player. Alan was a quarterback. He was gone so fast that Alan doesn't even know if he met him or if he did. It was, you know, he couldn't even recall any, any story. But, you know, so the guy wanted to go to LSU at one point. It didn't work. He did good things at Northwestern State, a, a, a fine school and a place I like to visit. But Coach O, I mean, you you got to give him credit for lots of things, and he's a national champion. Nobody can ever take that away from him. No, and I, I also am very happy for him, Tommy. I had a memory pop up in my timeline just the other day of something I had posted on Facebook in January of 2015 when he was being considered as the defensive line coach at LSU. He wasn't hired yet. I ran into Coach O at a local Walgreens drugstore, and we talked for about 10 well, minutes. On the North Shore. Let's on the North Shore, Mandeville, Louisiana, uh, where his kids played high school ball. We talked for about 10 minutes. And I told him I really hoped he got the job. And Tommy, it was so exciting to hear him talk. And I remember exactly what he said. He goes, if I get that job, I will represent LSU. I will do the job. And he was fired up. And you could tell he wanted the job. It turned out to be a great hire for LSU because when ultimately Les Miles didn't do the things that he needed to do to turn the offense and the program around, we had a guy on the staff who had been a head coach and he gets the gig as the interim coach. Not a lot of people thought he would be the permanent hire. I have close family members that didn't want him to be hired. Everybody wanted Tom Herman or Jimbo Fisher. I was in the coach O camp. I was in the minority. I, I wanted him to get the job. He did. He's done a hell of a job. Not only did we win the national championship this year, but we have now rejoined the elite when it comes to recruiting. 
we're recruiting kids all over the country and kids are deciding to come play football at LSU, kids from Maryland, California. I mean, that's what you need to be a title contender year in and year out. And I fully expect that that's where Coach O has brought the program. We're anywhere from the third to fifth choice as the favorites to win the national championship next year. A lot of question marks, particularly at quarterback. Uh, that's a whole other subject, which I'm sure we'll get to on a future right. podcast real soon. But I'm happy for Coach O. He's such a down-to-earth guy. The best interview I heard of him after the game, and I've heard many, and I'm not sure who he said this to, but I've heard the audio a few times. But when asked about all the hard work that went into getting the win, what was he going to do to celebrate? And his answer was he was going to go back to the room and eat a ham sandwich and a can of Pringles. <laughs> that, that's that's as down, down to earth as you can get, Tommy. Yeah, a couple of things real quick. Speaking of Tom Herman and Jimbo Fisher, how about this little nugget? Combined, they won 14 games this year. Ed Orgeron beat each of them and won 15 games. So, uh, you know, you know, hindsight sometimes is 2020 uh, on all that. I try. It's what's next for LSU, and I want to do this in two parts. One, Joe Brady's going to leave for the NFL, and two, I want to talk about recruiting because that's the most important thing. I don't. I understand Joe Brady leaving. I get it. He's got a great opportunity. He's got to do what he thinks is best for him. But the position LSU is in now is an elite program in the country, as you just referenced. They are going to be able to put somebody on the staff in Joe Brady's place that will bring a lot of things to the table. And I don't, frankly, I don't think they're going to miss a beat with that. You know, good programs lose coaches every year. Because that's why they're good programs. They have good people, good coaches, uh, working with kids and making them better. So I, I don't read. Really, I'm not as worried about that as some people are. I think LSU will be just fine. Well, Tommy, you mentioned Coach DiNardo a few minutes ago, a man I really liked and respected. And uh, I was more active as an LSU booster in those days as a younger man than I am now. I got to know Coach DiNardo, not as well as you did, but uh, on a personal basis. He had a fatal flaw. When he lost a great coach, he did not hire a great coach to replace him. I don't know that he wanted coaches on staff that he thought were his equal. I don't think Coach O has that kind of ego whatsoever. He will bring in the best minds and the best coaches to help LSU moving forward. I have little doubt about that. I think he's a great CEO. I think he understands what it takes to win. And I fully expect we won't miss a beat. Look, Coach Ensminger is a really good coach. He spent a year with Brady. We've got the playbook, okay? We still have the playbook. That's not changed. We just right. have to make sure we implement it and get the right people in the right positions and make sure our quarterback is ready to play. And I think that'll happen. Now, up next is recruiting on Wednesday, February 5, which is less than a month away, obviously. They'll finish out the signing class. Keep an eye on the transfer portal. But it's all about recruiting. It's 
about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's, okay? And LSU, for the past 20 years, has done a fabulous job recruiting when you look at the big picture. Look at the pipeline of the NFL. And whenever I say that, I like to count guys that got into an NFL camp but maybe didn't stick on a roster, okay? But they still got in there and got that opportunity. I think winning a national championship the way they did will even make recruiting bigger and stronger this year and in the years to come. And it's that's what it's all about, is recruiting, 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 and then recruiting. LSU's in a great spot for that. And I don't get into this. They're the second-ranked recruiting class. They're the sixth-ranked recruiting class. Recruiting classes are truly evaluated three, four years down the road. And if you look at that, LSU's been in the top ten of this country for past two decades and they're going to stay there and for those that love those kind of rankings that they're going to get even closer to the top in the coming years i agree with that and again the ability to have top 10 classes when you go in eight and four speaks a lot about the mindset that kids have about the university but when you go 15 and oh that certainly changes things uh, I think we have five or six spots left to fill in this year's class. I think there's going to be a lot of competition for them. I'm anxious to see what happens at running back. I have doubts in my own mind as to whether or not we should offer Evans again. I don't know if he's a mental case or not. People who have followed that know what I'm talking about. People that don't are wondering what the heck is Trey talking about. But he's one of the top running backs in the country and he's committed, decommitted. He signed with Georgia and then told him he wasn't going to come there. Georgia's letting him out of his letter of intent. Right. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I, I'm, I'm going to trust Coach O to make the call there, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that we don't offer him. I don't know that we need any trouble. We've got some good young running backs ready to step up and take it to the next level. But I do expect there to uh, be a lot of people wanting in on these last five or six spots, Tommy. All right. This has been Sports Takes with Trey and TK. Uh, once or twice a week, we're going to pop these things out. Please share it with your friends. Connect on social media uh, and so you'll know when new podcasts come out. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Trey, as always, I enjoyed it. We'll have a podcast later in the week with some NFL picks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.